Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for TWIP is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This Week in Photo is also brought to you by Squarespace dot com, the fast and easy way to publish a high quality website or blog. For a free trial and 10% off your new account for six months, go to Squarespace dot com slash TWIP and use the offer code T-W-I-P. This week on TWIP, let's kick off 2011 right with a special interview with photographer Thomas Hawk. Thomas has been somewhat of an activist when it comes to photographers' rights, basically because he tends to push back when pushed. And along with traveling and putting more mileage on his camera than anyone I know, he also posts loads of images to Flickr every single day. In this interview, you'll find out what makes Thomas tick and what drives him to constantly capture the world around him. It's Sunday, January 2nd, 2011. And this is Twip. I'm here speaking with Thomas Hawk. He's uh, one of the more prolific photographers and uh, photographers and bloggers on the internet. If you if you poke around a little bit, or if you Google his name, you come up with pages and pages of things that he's done and that he's involved in, and he's all over photo sharing sites and. You know, I'm going to let him tell you what he does, but uh, you know, I had, to, I had the pleasure of meeting Thomas in person. I think it was last year, or maybe the year before. And yeah, yeah. And then after after we met Thomas, it was you know, it, the lead up to it was like, oh my god, this is Thomas Hawk. He does all this crazy stuff, and he's a great photographer. And it turns out you're just you know a regular guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a camera. You know what you're doing, and you love taking pictures. So not not too crazy. <laughs> yeah. So thanks thanks for taking the time tonight to uh, to chat with me. This is absolutely awesome. yeah. Thanks for interviewing. It's great. You're you're welcome. Okay, let, let's let's catch up. And we were talking a little bit before I clicked the record button. I decided let's let's stop yakking and let's record our catch up. So we're yeah. gonna, we're going to record me catching up with Thomas after a couple of years. So Thomas, what what have you been up to since I did that first interview with you? Jeez, man, I've been uh, been shooting like crazy. Uh, I'm working on a tour of uh, I'm working on shooting the 100 largest American cities, and so I've been working on a tour. And uh, last year went to a number of different cities. Uh, went and shot Nashville and Memphis and Miami and Boston and Detroit. Uh, great abandoned stuff in Detroit, but um, uh, yeah, just just basically running around America, taking pictures and working on a lot of the other projects that I'm normally working on. You know, shooting locally, but um, and you know, special things that come up. I just got back from. Las Vegas, uh, shooting the Cosmopolitan Hotel, which opens next week. And oh wow, yes, yeah, I've seen those ads for that. That looks crazy. Yeah, yeah, they spent a lot of money on it, and the place is beautiful. I had a great time and had two days. Uh, basically, spent all weekend kind of unfettered access, and and got to shoot. You know every inch of the casino floor, and I mean, it's great shooting a casino, an empty casino. I mean, it's you don't get that opportunity every day. And, oh yeah. And, uh, you know, up in the towers and even the stuff that's still under construction and, uh, you know, shooting the sunrise and sunsets from, from up there, you know, brand new views of Vegas. But yeah, I've been, I've just been all over, just been, been shooting and, um, you know, uh, doing more printing work and just, uh, you know, same old stuff, but, you know, uh, publishing every single day to Flickr and getting shots out there. And, that's great. Um, yeah, so just, you know, more of the same, actually. So so I want to understand the, 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 the underlying sort of mechanism behind Thomas Hawk. You know, are you – so you, you're going around the country shooting all this cool stuff. Is this a self-assignment or are you, are you being sent out there on assignment or, you know, how does yeah. that work? You know, it's pretty. It's pretty much a self assignment. I mean, I'm, I do have a day job, and I'm fortunate that I'm able to, um, you know, to have an income aside from you know my photography related income. Mm -hmm. So it's you know it's pretty much self underwritten. Uh, but I'm just you know I'm just uh, going to different cities. I'm going to go to Dallas in January, and um, you know I'm just you know checking them off the list one by one, and and just seeing all the different. Uh, cities in America. You know, my goal is to hit the hundred largest. Um, then after that, I'm going to just you know do the next hundred and just you know continue to continue to shoot America. But that's, a, you know, that's I, wonderful, man. That's awesome. That's 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 kind of like that's like the dream because you you know you're out there shooting all this stuff and making a visual record of your travels around the country and you've got a reason to do it. Oh yeah, and you know it's being archived. You know, it's wonderful. Yeah, the other thing that's nice is um, there's a, a group on Flickr, Delete Me Uncensored, DMU, and, and a lot of us have 
gotten together actually and gone and done these trips together. So I'm usually not doing them alone. There's usually, you know, as many as, you know, five, 10, 15 other people that come along. And, uh, so we've had a, a, a great number of people join us and get out there and shoot. And, um, you know, we, we, some of it is terrific. You know, we went to, uh, Toronto earlier this year and there's this photographer, Tom's on Flickr, who's, he's a rooftopper and he's, he's been, <laughs> been on, you know, he said 40 rooftops over 40 stories. Uh, but he took us up to some of the most amazing amazing rooftops in Toronto and, you know, shot from those and, you know, but it's nice. The internet kind of brings people together and it's, it's great being able to go to a new city and uh, immediately be able to hook up with some locals that, that know the lay of the land and, and shoot some really cool stuff. What's the, what's the mechanism that allows you to hook up with those people? Is it, is it mainly Flickr or is it Twitter or a combination? Yeah, yeah it's kind of a combination. It's kind of like, uh, you know, usually the last, the last few trips we've done, we've posted um, sort of a, a specific trip link in uh, Delete Me Uncensored, this group on Flickr, and then also in Google Buzz of all places. Uh, we posted a thread and, um, you know, but, you know, and, and we all tweet. So, you know, put it out on Twitter too. And, um, you know, so people, you know, people just kind of gravitate towards it and inevitably sort of some of the locals that, uh, uh, you know, are out there and that are into social photo sharing and whatnot end up getting involved. And, and so we'll hook up with them and, and, you know, so it'll be a combination of people flying in from out of town and people that are local and, you know, we'll, we'll do a lot of shooting and a lot of drinking and, uh, you know, all the good stuff. So let's let's talk about Flickr a little bit. So the the name of the group that you that you mentioned is Delete Me Uncensored. So just search for that and you'll find it. What's, well, what's the story maybe, behind that? Maybe maybe not. Uh, Delete Me Uncensored is kind of an interesting place. Um, uh, a number of years ago, there was a group on Flickr called Delete Me, and uh, this just got to go back five years or so. And um, they they started censoring a lot of the members. I was a member of it at the time, and so Flickr itself started censoring the photos. No, actually, the admins in this group delete me. And oh, so, okay. So we said, well, we don't want to be censored, so we're going to start our own version of Delete Me called Delete Me Uncensored. <laughs> and and the idea is that you put a photo into the pool. Uh, this is not the place to go if you want to get nice photo, beautiful, great sunset, wonderful composition, best flower shot I've ever seen. You will not get those comments on these photos. You put them in the pool. And people, you know, are, are 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 meant to be harsh. They're meant to be critical, so you can grow and learn as a photographer. And they oh, tell wow. you all the things that are wrong, and uh, it's uncensored. So you know, some you know, a lot of times, I think the idea is you'll throw your photo in there, and you're not going to get your feelings hurt or or have thin skin if somebody kind of rips it apart. Uh, you know, I found it's been great for my own work and for other people. And so it's um, but it's a controversial group for sure on Flickr. Flickr actually completely destroyed the group once. They nuked it entirely. Uh, got rid of us. So, <laughs> so we started again like two or three times. But, <laughs> like a weed, right? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a link to the group on my blog, but uh, it's kind of hard to find because there's different different versions of it now. But but the main the main version the the actual delete me uncensored is. Um, is oh I don't know it's it's a pretty small group on Flickr it's got about thirty six hundred members or whatnot but but they're very active and it's one of the longest standing and and very active groups on Flickr now so just in terms of like being being able to get into that group could can anybody get in there or are you, are you guys gating it yeah anybody can get into it it's it's an open access uh, you know there's a, a robust uh, th- group of threads that go along with the game and they discuss everything from politics to photography to art to you name it uh it's you know pretty much anything goes in the thread so it's not like a lot of these groups out there that are you know well we all better be nice to each other or we're gonna you know shut down the threads or ban members or kick people out it's kind of the opposite of that and so it's um but yeah anybody can get in it is listed as an 18 plus group on Flickr, um you know simply because it is uncensored and so you know anything goes or you know somebody could throw a nude shot in the pool or or yeah. whatever they want so it's uh you know it is an 18 plus group but yeah anybody can join it's an open group it's yeah, just you know go to delete me uncensored uh actually the the group url if you actually go to it is is of all things censorship sucks <laughs> <laughs> So, and that'll redirect to the group. That'll redirect to the group. Yeah. So if you go, if you if you if you go to Flickr itself and and click on if you go to the groups because if you do a search for it, you probably won't even find it. I think Flickr has it kind of buried. But if you go to groups slash censorship sucks, uh, you'll find it. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. So you know what? You know that that just reminds me of like I think we talked about this on the show a while back, but the I don't know. I want to call it the Flickr effect of. You know, it, it's a community of people that that upload 
images of varying degrees of of competency or in, in quality but the flicker effect i think is that people feel like they i think they abide by that rule of you know, if you don't have anything nice to say don't say anything at all so it ends up everything you put up there is nice you know so you put up a you put up an image an out of focus image of your big toe and like oh i love that composition the lighting is amazing <laughs> how'd you do that you know so this your this group this delete me uncensored group is uh if i put up a out of focus photo of my big toe they're gonna trash it right oh yeah or the worse than that <laughs> you can put in like a nice photo of a macro flower and you're doomed really yeah i mean or a kitten no, even no flower i was gonna say that no flowers of cat or pictures of cats right yeah you know occasionally something gets through but uh no it's yeah the and that's the idea behind the group the idea behind the group is you know we've all been on Flickr and we've all you know gotten those comments we, we, i mean which are fine i mean i don't mind people saying nice photo and you know you know great uh you know color or whatever they want to say about the photo but you know as photographers you know if we want to grow and we want to learn and we want people to sort of tear our stuff apart sometimes um although i do have to tell you a you know kind of a funny story um the uh cartier bresson uh, show is uh, up at the sf moma right now and yeah um and there's uh one of cartier bresson's famous photographs is is of a of a figure on a bike uh and he took the shot from up on these stairs and shot down and somebody at one point s- submitted that photo to the pool and it's interesting listening to like your average person sort of rip that shot apart. <laughs> it was a classic masters, you know. Sh- no, do they? The are they? I mean, are their criticisms valid, or do they just destroy it for the sake of destroying it? Well, it depends on the person. Yeah, I mean, that you have to take a lot of it with with you know, sort of tongue in cheek, and you know, you're going to get some people that don't know anything about photography and that 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 offer the worst uh, you know possible input, and uh, you, then you'll have some very valid criticism. You know, you might get. Uh, you, you got to take the good with the bad, but you know, but it is a different sort of flicker experience. You're not, and, and, and you know, I would just caution people. You know, don't throw in there. You know, the the photo of your, um, you know, of your of your girlfriend or something. If you're not ready for people to say <laughs> disparaging things about it. That's so, awesome. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna link to that group on my uh, on my Apple TV. I want to yeah, make that a, my slideshow. It's it's an inter- it's an interest it's an interesting group, but it's a it's a it's a it's a strong community. We've done a lot of stuff offline. We've done a couple of magazines. We've done a couple of books. Uh, you know, we've we've uh, it's 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 a good group of people, and they're it's it is one of the more active groups. I mean, if you look at the threads, you know, pretty much there's you know 20 threads that have had activity in the last couple hours and. Uh, but it's you know, but it isn't for everybody. Again, if people are you know thin-skinned or they you know they don't like uh, criticism, I you know sort of caution them away. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take a quick break here to mention that this special holiday interview is brought to you by Squarespace.com. They're the fast and easy way to publish a high-quality website or blog. Squarespace.com has announced new social widgets featuring a native Twitter widget that allows you to add multiple accounts, filter by keyword, and customize the look and feel of your design. They've got a native Flickr widget that allows you to add multiple accounts with varied layouts, and a native RSS widget that allows you to pull in virtually any feed from the web. Use squarespace.com for all your website needs. You can build it, host it, and manage it. And if you'd like to check out some amazing sites that folks have created using Squarespace, just head over to www.squarespace.com slash examples. And if you'd like a free trial, head over to squarespace.com slash twip. You don't need a credit card. You can try it out, build your own website. Then if you decide to purchase it, you'll get 10% off for six months when you enter the offer code TWIP. That's squarespace.com slash twip. Well, let's talk, let's talk about censorship a little bit. I know you like if I remember correctly, a while ago, and maybe even now, you're the poster child for photographer's rights and you were kind of sure. standing up and waving the flag for, hey, I can take photos here, you know, because I'm, I'm supposed to be, it's a free country, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you're sure. challenging authority on that. And we, we talk about that a lot on the show. And, you know, even this last show that we did, one of the last shows was on TSA and, right. and how they're challenging photographers. I wanted to get your opinion on that. Just like where, where do you think we stand right now? Just like you can narrow it down to the United States sure. you know, in terms of tolerance of photographers just taking shots. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's bad. Um, I think it's it's not as bad as in other places like the UK. Um, I think that um, in some instances it's getting better. 
but I think it's I think it's kind of incumbent upon all of us if, as photographers to sort of stand up for our rights. And you know, I've long believed that, and I've I've blogged um, several incidences uh, you know that I've had. I mean, I shoot every single day pretty much, so I'm out there all the time, and um, you know, I'm constantly running into situations where whether it's uh, you know most of the time it's security guards the police are actually really good I found you know I, I've had very little you know with the exception of one or two incidences um, you know the, uh, the sheriff's department in Alameda County and, and some other places but for the most part uh, you know I found that the police are actually really good about it but it's you know it's typically private security guards or uh, whatnot and they you know they look at what you're doing and for whatever reason feel that it's unusual or a threat and they try to exert their authority and if you buck up against that oftentimes there's conflict and so you know I blogged a lot of that I think um, you know part of doing that is to try to hopefully build awareness and try to get the word out there that hey photography isn't a crime you yeah. know and you've so you've bucked up against that and you've you've you know hit a you you've gone against authority what's what was the most egregious sort of situation that you got into where you know they're like give me that camera or you're going to jail or you know something like that yeah i mean i i i haven't had anything i think where it's ever gotten to that point or you know I'm going to jail. I mean, I, I blog about it a lot less, I think, than I used to. You know, I'll put it on Twitter every now and again. I mean, just two weeks ago when I was in Las Vegas, they threw me out of the area hotel, you know, for taking pictures, for instance. And Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Down I mean, in it, city center, right? Yeah, city center. You know, the guy said, uh, you know, what are you doing? And you're taking pictures. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I'm going to have to ask you to delete that picture. And I said, I'm not deleting it. And he said, <laughs> he said, well, he said, well, you're going to need to delete it. And I said, well, it's my property. I'm not going to delete it. And he said, well, then I'm going to have to ask you to leave the, the hotel. And I'm like, all right, no problem. Wow. I mean, it is private property. It's their thing. But if the ARIA wants to be known as the hotel that hates photographers, <laughs> you know, more power to them. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. But, I, yeah, I hear it, more and more stories like that. It's crazy. Uh, when I was in Boston, I was shooting the Federal Reserve uh, Bank in Boston. And I had two actually cops, uh, Federal Reserve cops come out and, and – similar situation they wanted to you know and i try to talk with these people i try to rationalize you know try to you know reason with them and you know these guys these cops in boston i said look here you know i'll show you my pictures i mean i love architecture this is this is modern architecture it's very significant so i'm shooting the building and i'll show you what i've shot and you know but again it, it kind of comes down to it at one point the guy's like well you're gonna have to de- you're gonna need to delete that shot and delete this shot and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where i draw the line and it's just like well you know i'm just i'm not going to delete the shots and and the guy said, well, you know, I'm going to have to take your camera if you don't delete the shots. And it's like, well, no, you can't take my camera. Am I under arrest? No. Can I leave? No. Oh, great. I'll see you later. Wow. So, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, but I, I've, had, I've had a ton of incidents. I mean, the most, the most publicized inc- incident was that, you know, probably a few years back with the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. Discipline. Yeah, I want to talk about that. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you were on fire on the Internet. I mean, there was like, if I remember, remember correctly, you went in there and you took some photos from some vantage point and they accused you of like being a peeping Tom or something and then yeah, threw you of. out, right? Yeah, how, how did that happen? Was, well, the San Francisco MoMA has this wonderful atrium. I mean, it's a beautiful atrium. It's it's large, open space, and very again architecturally significant. And I, I mean, I shoot a lot of architecture, and so you know, I had my fourteen millimeter lens on my camera, which is you know, if you know anything about that, of course, it's an ultra wide angle lens. I mean, it, you aim it at the aim it straight forward, and you get your feet in the picture. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I was shooting, you know, this 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 open atrium from one of the balconies there, and um, you know, one of their, um, you know, one of their their workers there just freaked out and said, you know, you know, you can't be taking these pictures, and um, you know, the you know, you know, I kind of got into it with him and said, well, hey, you know, photography is allowed in the MoMA in the SF MoMA. And, um, you know, he said, well, you know, I told you to stop shooting in here. And, he, you know, he had two security guards basically throw me out of the museum uh, wow. for taking pictures. And, you know, I blogged about it and it blew up and got a big deal. But And you your know, the, blog is, is, is popular. So it's not like you were, you were blogging in silence. You're... Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I did warn him that I was going to blog about it. And in hindsight, you know, maybe, you know, I, I kind of wish it hadn't gotten as big as it had. But the story did get pretty large. And, of course, it gets on Dig and, you know, all these other sites. And so it, it builds a life of its own but um but you know hey it's not right for them to throw me out for shooting the atrium and you know and then then for the guy to publicly accuse me of you know shooting down somebody's blouse you know being a pervert you know the interesting thing is of all things today 
I canceled my family membership with the SF MoMA because I, I was a member there before. But um, I, 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 I still go real, very regularly because I love the photography there and the Cartier-Bresson shows there now. And But I go on the first Tuesday of the month, which is a free day. Uh, so that way, that way, I don't have to support the museum. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that's so, a shame that that happened. It's like you know. Yeah, it is. It is. But I went today, and of all things, the show that they have, one of the shows that they have going right now is a show on voyeurism. <laughs> Of all things. So, I mean, it's like the ultimate irony for me because, you know, I'm sitting here walking around and they're showcasing, uh, you know, hundreds of different shots, photographs of sort of voyeurism of like people shooting in other people's windows and, and of, of actual like nudity and people having sex and, yeah. you know, all these things and very graphic pictures. And it's like, wow, you know, so they throw me out. You know, and accuse me of of trying to sh- take a down blouse shot with a fourteen millimeter lens from you know from <laughs> from three stories above, you know, and yet and yet here they have all these photos of people using like uh, you know six hundred millimeter lenses shooting into their neighbor's window. You That's know? crazy. Did you spy any of those uh, the security guards that, that tossed you the first time in there? Today? No, no, no. The the main guy. I'm not going to bring up his name, but the main guy. I, I haven't seen him there since, even though I do go pretty regularly. But it's um, it, you know, the guy that threw me out. It's you know, and and I kind of feel bad about the whole situation and that it got a bit as big as it did. And but you know, I think you got to stand up for yourself. And and if if um. You know, if somebody tells you, hey, you can't take pictures here, and, and you can, either because, one, this is America and you're on public property, and, hey, the sidewalk belongs to all of us. Um, yeah. Or, or, two, if you're in some place, like a, some sort of public institution like the SF MoMA or, or some other place where they do allow uh, photography, um, I, I think it is important that as photographers we, we sort of challenge the status quo because I think 90% of the photographers just say, oh, oh, I can't take a picture. Okay, no problem. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't. Uh, what do you call it? Rock the boat, right? Yeah, don't rock the boat. You know, okay, fine, whatever. And I and I think that just encourages security guards to to be bullies and to say, hey, you know, you know, I don't like. It. You know, it's not entirely security guards' fault. I mean, a lot of it is the actual buildings and whatnot. They tend to have an overzealous, uh, uh, you know, enforcement sometimes, or, or the, a view about their building and. They feel that they own the views of their buildings and things like that. But well, let, let's let's take that to the next level. And we we talked about this on, like I was saying, one of the previous uh, episodes of This Week in Photo. But yeah. uh, with regard, I think the episode was titled "Airport Insecurity." Right, right. And we we talked about this photographer, or uh, it's just a person. I don't know if he was a you know a quote unquote photographer, but he was a guy with a camera that dis- he had looked up the the rules and regulations with regard to making photographs of the security line as it heads into those, you know, those, right. those scanners. Yeah. And uh, it said very clearly that he could, you know, you're able to take photos there as long as you don't impede the progress of the line, yada, 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 you know. So he decided to take some photos of the line and then was was promptly waylaid and detained by TSA gorillas, right? Yeah. Saying, hey, yeah. what are you doing? Delete the photos. Let me see, you know, just like you, right? Yeah. Some right. of the cases that you get into. So, um so the point is, you know, what we got into on the show is where does this end? You know, right now we started with there there was no security in the airports. And then we went to the wand. I think, you know, they were waving around you. Make sure you didn't have any metal objects on you. Sure. And then, I don't know, some other things happened. Then it was the shoes, you know, with the right. remember the shoe bomber. Right. So now right. we had to take our shoes off and walk through millions of people's dna every you know when you get on a flight right and then uh and now these new scanners that that image the body and show all your you know your your naughty bits right and all that right. so what's next with that and if you like if if it was you in that situation yeah. thomas hawk you know with your you know knowing how you feel about people asking you to delete photos and all that if it was you at that airport you had studied up you knew that was legal and was it within your rights to take photos where you were taking photos at the tsa so during the holiday season there are no flights you're trying to make it home for thanksgiving you take photos you take some photos of the security line and they do that to you they pull you over and say delete those photos thomas what would you do well, you know, I mean, I would never delete a photo, you know, if they said delete a photo. I think you have to look at each of these situations as a, as a one by one. I mean, I've been told I can't shoot in airports before. When I was in uh, Newark Airport, New Jersey, a, you know, an actual police officer came up to me and said, you know, you can't take pictures in the airport. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it's sometimes in that case, you know, I just said, okay, whatever. Yeah. And rather well, it's than kinda, check- that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a different nuance in an airport because of all the terrorism and the terrorist threats. And you don't want to be labeled a terrorist. You don't want to get slapped on the no fly list and have to stay, you know, stay. Well, put. I've gotten on it. I got on it for my photography. The no, things, you were I on think. the no fly list. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, there, uh, I was shooting of all things. I was shooting some uh, industrial stuff down in Long Beach, uh, down at the port in Long Beach, and uh, we had some police officers that came up and uh, basically told us we, we couldn't be take we couldn't take pictures of the, you know, there of the port of these, uh, you know, BP refinery or whatnot, what it was, and um, you know, we explained to the police officer the of the port there that hey, this is public property, this is we're on a public sidewalk. We're allowed to take pictures, and you know we argued with this guy. We had for had to be for like an hour. We argued with this guy, and then finally, you know, at the same time, we're getting all the shots, and I, you know, getting shots of him and his police car and all that, and uh, and then finally, we got kind of got what we what we needed, and so we said, all right, all right, okay, we'll go, and then we just you know we just drove around to the side of the refinery and started shooting it from the other angle. But when that happened, after that happened, I had an FBI agent show up at my house. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. Did, did the cops like take your driver's license? Yeah, they and all took that? my driver's license. Uh, well, no, I didn't give them my driver's license. They took my license plate on my car. Ah, okay, gotcha. And so, so I had a, an FBI agent uh, show up at my house and left his card and said to call him. And um, you know, in, in my door, and my wife calls me at work, and of course she's freaking out, and she's like, you know, why is the FBI visiting us? You know? <laughs> so I'm like, well, what, well, what's going on? He said, this guy wants you to call him, and he left his card, and there's his number, and you know, so I called this guy, this FBI agent, you know, and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm following up on this incident in Long Beach, and you know, I just, I just want to make sure that you don't harbor any ill will against the United States government. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm, like, I'm like, man, I don't hate the government. What are you, you talking about? That, those are words that you don't want to hear from an FBI agent, you know? I know. I say, no, no, I am. What no are you going to say will. to that? Would yeah, you say, I yes, I harbor ill will? You know, come I said, on. I said, hey, I'm a registered libertarian, but, you know, I say I love the government. No, I, uh, you know, I, yeah, you know, I told him no. I said, I have absolutely no ill will. I'm a photographer. I, uh, you know, I enjoy shooting infrastructure. I love shooting like power plants, the lights. They're beautiful, long exposure shots. You know, they're just, you know, wonderful. And I have no animosity towards the United States government, really. And uh, wow. but after that happened, um, you know, he's like, well, you know, it's just I, he, he was kind of embarrassed. And he's like, you know, I feel I feel bad. It's just kind of my job. I need to follow up on these things and blah, blah, blah. That might have been good cop, bad cop. Beware of that. <laughs> yeah, right. It could have been. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but then the next time when I was going on a flight, you know, I went to like check in online with the Southwest thing. And it said, uh, well, sorry, you can't check in online. <laughs> So oh. I, I called. I called the airline. I'm like, "Why can't I check it online? You know, I want to get my boarding pass. Otherwise, I get stuck with one of those like C boarding yeah. things that I'm yeah. in the back, or D in the middle, right? middle seat. Yeah, in the last row in the middle seat yeah. between two really big guys. Yep. And uh, it, you know, and they said uh, they said, "Well, we're sorry, but you need to check in at the airport uh, oh. because you're on this list." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow! How did I get on this list? And I'm like, well, we can't tell you that. Or how do I get off of this list? <laughs> no, exactly. Then, but you know, it happened. It was happened for a while, and then I. It, it, it seems to have laid off, lightened off now because I've been able to do an online check in last couple times. But you know, for a while there, I'd actually, you know, I went. I was on the one flight. Where was I going to? Oh, I think to Detroit. And I went to the airport. I was flying. No, it was to. Uh, I think it was maybe maybe it was to uh, Toronto. But uh, I went to the airport, and they asked to see my ID and. They looked at my ID, and then the person types and stuff on the computer, and she's sh- like shaking her head and stops and gets all worried and go grab somebody else. Oh. Three people look at my IDs, and they're looking at me back and forth. A supervisor has to come in and push a code in, you know, all this stuff to check oh, in. What a pain. You know, so, oh, yeah, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe it wasn't related to that incident, but, you know, somehow I think when the FBI contacts you that that might have something to do with it. All right, I want to I want to rewind a little bit. Um, so we were talking about Flickr before, yeah, yeah, and it just it just popped in my head while you were talking that I remember you had I don't know if it's still going on and if there if it's already healed. I don't want to pull a scab off, but you, right. <laughs> you you had written a blog post about is something either a blog post or a Flickr post or something about uh, Heather Champ at, at Flickr, and you were, you were like. She's like your nemesis for a while. What happened? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, Tell me what happened. Come on. Well, okay. So Heather nuked our group. Heather nuked DMU. Yeah. She she she's the one. I mean, this is a group with over three thousand people, thousands of threads and conversations going on and on. 
And there was an incident between, you know, a couple members in the group, one of which is myself. But uh, and Heather decided that enough was enough, and she nuked the group. So she completely wiped it out. And this is all in the blog post, right? This is yeah, this is in the blog post. But yeah. she completely nuked the group, just you know, totally destroyed. It. She was a community manager at Flickr at the time, and you know, I mean, it's not insignificant. I mean, there are literally you know uh, thousands of people that have put thousands of hours of their life into this group, yeah. and th- long threads, you know, pages long, ten, twelve pages long of, of you know, you know, photographic tips and techniques and equipment and all kinds of stuff. And rather than deal with sort of this, this conflict between two of the members, she just nuked the entire group. And then, you know, within five minutes, she posted on her Twitter account, I hate your freedom. What? (laughs) So, you know, wait a minute. Is that taken out of context or maybe, I don't know. But at the time, you know, it certainly felt like, you know, she nukes our group. um, And, and, and the group had had many posts in it that were critical of Flickr. And particularly a lot of the account deletion stuff on Flickr. I mean, all these people get their account deleted. You know, one of the admins of Delete Me Uncensored, uh, Pierre Honeyman, he has had his account deleted. A number of the members in the group have had their whole Flickr account deleted. Oh, and, yeah, I mean, myself, you know, I've got almost 50,000 photographs on Flickr. I've been on there for, you know, five years plus. I'd hate to see that happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Heather at the time had deleted the group. And, you know, did, I mean, literally at the same time it posted this tweet, I hate your freedom. And so, I don't know, that upset me. And I posted a blog post and said, you know, did I, you know, one, yeah, I didn't think it's appropriate for Flickr to be destroying groups. And, you know, then for the community manager to come out and tweet, I hate your freedom. You know, this whole point of this group is free speech and and uh, whatnot, and 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 to get away from censorship and to to you know kill the group like that to destroy it. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Uh, I I have a hard time. I love Flickr. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the site. I've I've made so many friends through that site. It's a wonderful audience. I have thousands of people that look at my work there. Uh, I've I've met so many great people, uh, you know, on Flickr. And every time I go to a new city, it's all these Flickr users that we get together and we hang out and we, uh, you know, people that are that are sort of online friends become offline friends. And and uh, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful community and a wonderful site. But you know, sometimes the administration of it, uh, you know, I think they delete people's accounts, they delete groups, they censor. You know, I've been thrown out of the help. I'm permanently banned from the help forum there. Oh wow! Uh, but you know, it's um, you know, I, I, and I think those are those are not the right ways to manage a community. Uh, I think there are better ways to manage a community. I think if somebody does something that you think is wrong in their account, I mean, you should go to them and you should say, "Hey, you know, we don't like this for this reason. Can you take care of this?" And uh, yeah, I think more than more often than not, people will fix it and and they'll take care of the problem instead of risking losing their entire account. Right. Right. Uh, but, you know, the Flickr sort of community police seem to have this, you know, shoot first, ask questions later. And, and you know, and also there's no mechanism to recover a deleted account. You know, once oh, really? If they nuke it, it's, it's permanent? It's gone. It's permanent, right. Oh. Even if they make a mistake, if they accidentally nuke it, there's no mechanism. And this has been brought up in the help forum and in other threads before that, you know, even if they make a mistake, there's no way they can get that account back or get those pictures back, get that data back. You know, so there's there's some people. I mean, um, uh, there's just so many cases, and so I've been I've been somewhat critical of Flickr over the years for the way they manage the community. It's a wonderful site. It's wonderful people. It's a wonderful community, uh, but I think too often, sort of getting these community managers and you know taking censorship action is is harmful for the community. So I've been a critic of, of that. So you know, on from that, you mentioned you. I think I heard you say you had fifty thousand images up on Flickr right now. Almost fifty thousand. Yeah, I'll have fifty thousand before the end of the year. I, I publish um, fifty photos a day, twenty five in the morning, twenty five in the evening. Um, you know, I'm trying to publish a million photos before I die. And at the like, rate wait, wait, fifty every day, every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Uh, what are you? What are you shooting? Like, is there is there enough material to shoot? <laughs> Man, I'm a photography factory. <laughs> you are. You know, it's like you should hold up your hand and say, "Hi, I'm Thomas Hawk, and I'm an addict. I'm an addict." Right. No, yeah, <laughs> no, I, no, I mean, I've definitely got a little bit of OCD in there, but um, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I shoot. I shoot almost every day, and I'm going on these trips, and I'll come. You know, I came back with seven thousand frames from Las Vegas, and I'll go to these <sighs> sit shoot twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand frames, and uh, you know, and then I spend a lot of my time all weekend long processing photos and, 
you know, the every spare minute I get, you know, working on them. And so I've got, um, you know, I've got almost 50,000 up on Flickr now. I probably got another 20,000 or so that I finished that are ready to go to Flickr. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm sort of limited myself to 50 a day for now. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I pub- I'm, I'm very prolific and I publish a lot and try to mix it up. That's, so. that's great. I mean, that's, that's a lot. So then that begs the question, what are you processing all this, all these, these bits in? Are you using Aperture, Lightroom oh, or Lightroom. what? Lightroom. Yeah, I love Lightroom. I've tried Aperture before, but I, you know, I, I Aperture is probably fine too. It's just, I know Lightroom better and I've, I've kind of. I've kind of, uh, you know, since your old days at Adobe, yeah. um, you know, I've been I've been hooked on Lightroom, and um, I mean, years ago I used to use Photoshop and Bridge, and and but you know, for the past several years, um, you know, Lightroom and particularly some of the noise reduction t- stuff that they came out with in, in Lightroom three and. Yeah, isn't that magical? I mean, yeah, that, oh, that's man, that's, that's when technology borders magic. You know? That noise well, reduction. Well, Frederick, I tell you, there are things. I I seriously believe there are, there are photographs that can be made today that were not possible even ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because agreed. Be, between the combination of high ISO camera stuff, you know, my Canon five D Mark II, you know, I can I can shoot pretty comfortably at sixty four hundred ISO. I mean, some people don't, but. I feel pretty comfortable shooting and shooting there, and between that and the noise reduction in uh, you know Lightroom three, I mean it's you're like taking photos in the dark. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's amazing. yeah, your your camera can see better than you can these days, right? Yeah, yeah, and you're and you're getting stuff that you're that you're pretty happy with. So, um, yeah, I mean, I love you know I I you know I basically shoot. I keep every day's shots in a separate folder. Um, you know, I've got, uh, I've got, uh, uh six Drobos now. <laughs> yeah. You're up to six Drobos. Yeah. Six. <laughs> Wait a minute. Are they like redundant or are these like six no, online? No, no. Six, six, you know, um, well, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've been also working to get some of my, you know, a lot of my files onto the cloud. Yeah. Um, so I've been, I've been, uh, what are you, what are you using for that? Uh, I'm using, what am I using? What's that software? Is it uh, Crash Plan or Mosey? Mosey, it's Mosey. Yeah, oh, okay. using, it's like you know five bucks a month. It's yeah, cheap. so I'm using Mosey, but it's oh they so hate much. they hate you. <laughs> oh yeah, they do because I'm like running constantly. It's like <laughs> you're, you're that ends. guy. Yeah, I'm that guy. It's like oh, all you can eat, huh? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like all right, <laughs> right, I'm all the all you can eat sushi guy. Uh huh. Yeah, you're Homer Simpson at the all you can eat bar. <laughs> You know, it's like here you go. How about a couple terabytes? So let's uh, talk. Walk me through your workflow. You I mean I, I'm very yeah. curious about the workflow of somebody that shoots in the volume and the consistency sure. that you do. Sure. So, so my workflow, um, you know, I take all the shots. Uh, you know, I, I uh, then import them onto my computer. Uh, if I have time, I'll let Lightroom import them. But you know, letting Lightroom import them takes longer than just dragging and dropping them into folders by date. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have a folder by date structure that basically every day it's you know 2010 slash uh you know uh 12 slash oh seven uh and and then the the fold the photos from today get dumped into that folder um and then i've got um on the drobos i've got archive folders so these are photos that have already been processed and to be processed Mm -hmm. so to be processed i'm basically i'm caught up with my processing through like uh july of 2009 Oh jeez! Yeah, so, you're yeah, in a I'm treadmill. Yeah, yeah, way behind. Although I have been skipping ahead and doing some stuff from time to time. Like when I go visit a city, if I go there for you know four or five days, I'll I'll do one or two days of that city. I'll, I'll jump, you know, bump it in the line. But and then average average processing time per image. Um, you know, I go pretty quick. You know, I want to say, I want to say uh, less than a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I go I go very quickly. I have a lot of presets. I'll you know so 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 I when I'm processing the photos, I'll import them. I'll put them on the Mac hard drive. So I'll be working off the Mac, which is backed up with Time Machine, uh, and then I'll take and start processing those images uh, in the develop module. And I'll go through and let's say there's you know first thing I'll, do, I'll flag all the ones that I want out of say there's a thousand shots. Maybe I flag uh, 150, and then I take the flag shots and I'll. De- run them in the develop module and develop them all one by one. I go through every single one. Might apply a preset, but then I still do my own individual tweaks. Uh, when that's all done, I go back and I keyword all the ones. Uh, then I change the titles because I, I like to title my own photos. So mm-hmm. I change the title in Lightroom. And then when I'm done with that, I'll um, export all of those finished photos. Uh, I then code them all green uh, so that they're color-coded green that I know that I've actually processed them. Wait, so uh, wait, let me, let me pause you. So you export them and you, you 
like take them export them out of Lightroom and put them on the desktop or something or in a folder? Yeah, I, I export them to JPEG files so that okay. I can publish them. Yeah. So, so, but all the changes have already been done with the raw files in Lightroom. Um, and I've, um, then I color code everything green that I've now exported. Uh, everything that I've exported then goes into a to be uploaded folder for Flickr that I randomly pull from every day. Oh, nice. Um, and so that's, that goes in there. And then, um, once I'm done with that day, I'll save that individual day as a catalog so that I have all my changes and edits that I made to those pictures. And I'll put that catalog in the folder with the raw files and then I'll move it to an archive drive off, off the main hard drive. Oh, that's awesome. So here's a question. Yeah. Light, Lightroom three has integration with Flickr now. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it is it just not not ready for your volume of use? You no, know, I think I think Lightroom three and it works with Flickr with the uploader. Um, you know, if you really use Lightroom as a catalog tool to catalog all your photos, mm-hmm. uh, myself because I'm I'm really using Lightroom really more as just a developing tool. Ah, right. uh, so because my photos go in and out and they're on different hard drives and they're moving in and out, it doesn't work quite as well as for me and because I randomly select photos and I don't want to put I don't want to import all 20,000 of my to be uploaded files into Lightroom because it slows it down yeah yeah um, so and, and I just find the Flickr bulk uploader is works really well and I mean I could do it through Lightroom um, also the other thing is is I need to geotag the, fo- the images anyways so once they're exported then I use a geotagger uh, the geotag a lot of them. Um, What's the name yeah. of that app? Is it called Geotagger? Geotagger, yeah, for the Mac, it works really great. It works with Google Earth, so you just uh, you know launch you just launch Google Earth, put a pinpoint where you are, uh, you know, on the planet, and then just uh, take the files from the Finder and the Mac and just drag them over and drop them on the uh, Geotagger icon in the dock, and yeah. it just and it just writes the geotags to all the JPEG files. Oh, that's awesome. So I was playing around with an app. Um, uh, you know, uh, another app that did it inside of Lightroom, but I was having troubles. It was like overwriting my keywords. And uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that at some point, I really do hope that, you know, that they start putting this, uh, you know, g- automatic geo information in camera in these DSLRs. Cause I mean, that's going to be a lot easier than having to go do it after the fact. So, so with the, with the volume of images that you have up there, what's, what's your odometer at right now, by the way? I mean, just like total. Jeez, wow. You know, I have no idea. I had a, I had a Canon 5D, and I, I pretty much killed the thing. Wow. It just like burst into flames in your hands? Yeah, it was pretty, pretty much it just stopped working. Like I'd turn it on for like 30 seconds. It would just die. Yeah. It shut off. Just no matter what, fresh battery, everything. And I just took, you know, I, I mean, I w- went way over the 100,000 frame life. Uh, you know, I probably, you know, I have no idea, but I probably took, you know, I probably took four or 500,000 photographs on that camera. You got your money's worth out of that thing. Oh, yeah. Well, even better than that, though, is I'm a big believer if you really, really, really use stuff like I do in these warranties. Normally, I'm not big on the warranties, but, uh, you know, I got a, I got a, a three-year extended warranty from Mac Camera. And believe it or not, I mean, as much as I abuse this poor th- camera... You know, I sent it to them, you know, because it had been less than three years, and they sent me back the thing brand new. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. So uh, I, my wife uses the 5D now, and I'm, I've been using the 5D Mark II for a couple of years. And similar thing, I mean, I, I got the three-year warranty on that as well. And it's, you know, I, and I, I and we have well over 100,000 images. I mean, I've probably got to be on, you know, four or 500,000 images at this point. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. On the odometer. But, yeah, I haven't kept track. I sh- you know, I've been meaning to go back. I just haven't. I've been lazy because I have to hook up all my old archive robos and kind of count all the files. And yeah. Yeah, it takes a while to do. <laughs> so you know, so you're you're familiar with the the whole deal that Getty did with Flickr, right? So yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Are you are you participating in that? You know, I am. Yeah, I I, I like it. I think it's interesting. Well, uh, describe it what it is first, because we talked about it on the show a little bit, but we weren't really clear if it was a good idea for photographers or not. Can you describe what it is and why you're using it? Sure. Yeah, I I got in on that from uh, pretty much day one as soon as they launched it. So I've been doing it for I guess almost two years now, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, basically, um, Getty invited me initially along with a lot of other photographers to, um, you know, they said, Hey, you know, we're interested in these photos of yours. Uh, we'd like to invite them into the Getty collection, the Flickr collection at Getty. And, um, you know, I, I, more than anything, I just wanted to blog about it and figure it out and write about it and and go go through the motion. So I participated and, um, uh, you know, Getty basically takes those images. I mean, the downside is, one, you're giving up, I think it's two years exclusivity on the image. Mm-hmm. So you can't sell the image to anybody else. 
So, and, and I have had incidents. I have ha- had people come to me and say, hey, I'm interested in that image. I want to buy that image. And I'm like, geez, I'm sorry. You know, it's represented by Getty. Yeah. And, you know, so, so there's this exclusivity clause that they have. And then the, and then the other clause, the other thing that I don't like is, you know, they pay you 20%. Mm. Uh, you know, on some photos, rights managed, they pay you 30, but, but, um, royalty free photos, they pay you 20%. And I don't know, that just feels low to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, the other- is the income acceptable? I mean, is it, is it making a dent in your overall you you know, know, it, monthly, it dep- monthly intake? No, you know, it depends for myself. I think I've got, I've got maybe 120 shots on the site and, you know, I probably get, you know, I want to say average 300 bucks a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, so I mean, it's not anything meaningful really, but. You know, and it's twenty percent, so they're actually making quite a bit more. Yeah, paying me three hundred, they're really making you know what fifteen hundred. Yeah. So you know they're they're selling more than that, but you know it depends. Some months it's five hundred, some months it's one hundred and fifty, but you know three hundred is about the average. Um, you know, I still make a lot more money uh, on my photos, just people finding them on the web and saying, "Hey, you know, we want to use this for our annual report, or we want to use this for our magazine, or we want to use this." and uh, but you know, I've got, like I say, almost 50,000 images online. And so to have a hundred or so with Getty, um, you know, there have been a couple of times that I've come up against it, but you know, otherwise a lot of these images, I never would sell them on my own. You know, yeah. people, you know, people, you know, one deal I don't like is, you know, some people have Getty's also come back to Flickr and they've said, Hey, you know, why don't you put a, you know, a promotion on your, you know, all your images, a hundred percent of your images that says, would you like to license this, license it through Getty uh, that if yeah. someone wants to buy it. Then we'll license it for you, and you know I don't I don't see where I get any value out of that because they just come to me directly, and if you know I charge them five hundred for an image, why give Getty four hundred? Right, right. You know, versus but if they're going to Getty's site, if they're finding the image on Getty's site, that's stuff that never would have come to me directly. Why not? Why not use? Uh, why not start putting images on the iStock? Um, well, you know, the iStock. I don't know, you know, one, three, and five dollars for an image. I know you make it up in volume, but, or but times fifty thousand images. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I just, I, I, I mean, who knows? Maybe I would do better on something like iStock. I don't know, but, but, but I, I feel like I do a lot better right now, just directly interacting with people. Oh yeah, you yeah. Know? And I, and I have put some on cluster shot, cluster, cluster shot. Yeah, which gives pays out like ninety percent. Oh wow, which, which is I, great. And I've, I haven't heard I've, of them. Cluster shot. Yeah, cluster shot. They're a small little sort of startup, but. um they're, um, but you know, yeah, I've got, I, I actually, they have a way, believe it or not, that they could import all of your Flickr images. So I've got all of my Flickr images automatically as I upload them, go to that site. Ooh, that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, in fact, you just push a button and then all happens automatically. And then, then, then if people go there, now they don't, they're not doing all the clearing and the getting model releases and all that on the photos, but you know, I've sold it, I've sold a number of photos through them and, and you know, they, they, they give you almost all the money. So but most of my stuff that I sell still, it comes through somebody says, hey, and it's, it's the oddest photo. You know, it's like, who would think that a photo that I took of a medicinal marijuana clinic would, you know, be the one that somebody wants to put on a magazine cover? Right, right. And it's right. just the odd photo that it, in my case, I think I just got so many different photos. And so people are doing searches for some really weird specific thing and they just come across one of my photos on Flickr or Google image search or something like that. And then they just, you know, contact me and want to, want to license it. So, so, so Thomas, talk a little bit about gear and what you're shooting with. Cause you're, sure. you, you yeah. always have a camera attached to your hip, right? So yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, so, what do you carry with you? Uh, so I've, I've got a low pro backpack, um, uh, that I keep with, take with me everywhere I go. I mean, uh, every time I leave the house, it goes with me. And, um, uh, inside that backpack is a Canon 5D Mark II, uh, which is my main camera that I shoot with every day. I've got a uh, f1.2 uh, lens, uh, 50 millimeter. Nice. Uh, I've got I've got the 24 millimeter f1.4. I've got the 14 millimeter ultra wide, the L lens, which is a wonderful lens, 2.8 f2.8. Uh, one of my favorites. That's, for... the, that's the MoMA lens, right? Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> the lens that gets kicked out of the MoMA, the SF MoMA. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I've got my um, my favorite lens is my uh, one thirty five f two lens. I love that lens, and then that of all the lenses, that is talk about good value from Canon. I mean, that's one of the few L series lenses that's less than a thousand bucks. So I love that lens, and I and I've got a hundred millimeter macro. Um, and so, all, believe it or not, that camera and all those lenses and my MacBook Pro, my seventeen inch MacBook Pro, they go with me everywhere. Wow. Everywhere I go, and a battery charger, and a and a and a high speed uh, FireWire 800 card reader, 
And, um, you know, if I'm traveling on trips, I'll bring a couple of these Seagate, what are these, these free agent drives, mm-hmm. yeah. which are, which are great. You know, you throw a terabyte drive, it's the size of a pack of cards. You know, and, you know what I didn't hear you mention? What's that? Uh, well, I know you take a tripod with you too, but. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, uh, I didn't hear anything about a strobe. You know, yeah. I, you know, I don't do much with, uh, with flash. Why? Know? Why? Why not? That's a good question. I I need to do I need to do more with Flash. Uh, you know, I shot this wedding. Fortunately, as a second shooter, um, I think a lot of times people say, "Well, I you know I, I don't do Flash because I like natural light so much." And oftentimes, yeah. that's just code word for I don't know how to use my Flash. Yeah, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I got I got one of these you know sped lights, uh, speed lights, uh, you know, whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had it three or four years, and I just you, you know. I, I'm going to buy one of these Gary Fongs and throw it on the thing and see if I like it better. But I've just never been real happy with what I get out of it. And it's more that, I, you know, that I don't know how to use it as much as, as anything. I think I need to, you know, I think I need to go take a crash course with the Strobus dude for a you while. Should, you should buy Silarina's uh, book that he's coming out with. It's specifically for cannon shooters. It's called yep. uh, The Speedlighter's Handbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out soon. He was uh, he just spoke at one of my meetups and wow, wowed the crowd and, you know, gave us a sneak peek of that book and, you know, it's am- amazing some things that you can do with strobe. So, yeah, definitely check that out. And, uh, you know, here's the other question for you. What about printing? Yeah, printing. So that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I just bought a big-ass printer. <laughs> I just bought, I just bought uh, an Epson uh, St- Pro, uh, Style Pro uh, 9900. Printer. Oh geez, that's like Gulliver's Steam. printer, right? Yeah, and this thing is like it's like a six thousand dollar printer. It is huge. It um, I sold um, th- uh, thirty four prints to uh, one Rincon Tower here in San Francisco. Yeah, and um, uh, they did, I sold a bunch of eighteen by twenty four um, photos that they have up there in the penthouse right now. And so basically, um, rather than send them out to a lab, I said, you know, I want to do this print work myself. And um, you know, I, I you know, I was making more than enough money to pay for the printer and, and then some. So I uh, I bought this this big ass Epson. It's the size of a of a sofa, <laughs> and it's awesome. in my basement. I have a great studio in my basement, but it can do prints up to forty four inches, and they're beautiful and they're fast. Wow. They're just so fast. So I mean, I did that whole print job for them on that printer. But I've been doing I've been doing more of my own stuff, and you know, and I've got to figure that out. You know, I've got to figure out a strategy. I think I do want to sell some prints at some point. I've had a lot of inquiries over the years. People have said, "Hey, can you, you know?" And I and I've just blown them. You know, I just I should, you know, I've 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 given some prints to a lot of auction charity auctions, and they've sold those, and and they've done reasonably well. But um, I, I've never sold prints before, and so. I do want to get into that. I think I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I, I you know I need to figure out a strategy and figure out how to price these things. And do you do limited editions or what do you do? But right. you know, I've got the I've got the printer now, and I've been making some prints. You know, more just for myself. But boy, let me tell you, when they're big like that, like a big forty-four by they 40 look great. It's impressive, right? You could take yeah. again. You could take that photo, the out of focus photo of your big toe, and print it big. It'll look good. Uh, well, I, yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's you know, we were talking about this Pure Twenty Four uh, thing. I sent you a tweet on that the other day. Yep. Uh, I went there um, uh, on Monday, and I, you got to set an appointment and go see it and all. But I mean, it's the most significant contemporary photography collection i've ever seen uh right here local in san francisco and it's free free admission you just got to make an appointment but but uh they have some uh some gerskis in there some andreas gerskis i don't know if you're familiar with Mm -hmm. his stuff but but his uh he's got this one photo of a supermarket that i think is the it's the highest priced auction print ever sold like two and a half million or something like that but um they've got that there i mean the thing is huge and you're standing there looking at this thing, and a lot of the photos by Richard Misratch and some of these other photos, you know, or Jeff Wall. I saw Jeff Wall show it at SF MoMA a few years back, and I'm like, you know, I, I seriously think half of what makes it work is because it's huge. Yeah, yeah. it's huge, and it's in a big like box, you know. Yep. And yep. Uh, but I, I've really been enjoying printing my own stuff large. I mean, uh, you know, printing a big 44 inch wide prints i mean is just, is the is the thomas hawk bat cave just covered in these beautiful <laughs> large prints now that you have that printer uh, I, you know, i'm working on it i'm working on it yeah i've got um uh, i've got to do some more of them but I've, I've just started i'm just exploring with them i think my favorite one i've done so far is i took uh when banksy came to san francisco and, and put up a, a bunch of graffiti art up he uh, one of the one of the uh murals that he did on uh, valencia street is he did this picture of this kid with a paint bucket and of red paint 
and it says this will look nice when it's framed. <laughs> and, and so I take a picture of that and put this sort of uh, old school sort of uh, uh, border around it with you know this sort of black border with a, a camera. And printed that thing up forty, so it's actually now got a frame on it, <laughs> yeah. and it printed it up, and and it looks great. It's just huge. It's just that's probably my favorite. But yeah, I mean, I've I've been you know the I've got a studio in my basement that's got you know about nine hundred square feet, and so yeah, it's it's rapidly filling up with Thomas Hawk prints. So I got to figure awesome. out what to do with them. I, you can give me one of them. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hang probably, it. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably end up. It'll probably, my printing thing will probably be a disaster financially because I'll give away so many more than I'll actually sell. That's great. That's great. So here, here's a, here's my my I guess my last question for you. Yeah. Um, HDR photography. Yeah. Yeah. Are, yeah. Have, are you into that at all? And where, where do you stand on doing that kind of stuff? Uh, you know, so I, I I have done some HDR photography. Um, uh, the new Photoshop uh, makes it pretty easy. They've yeah. got some modules in there. You just kind of put it together. Um, and you know, I know that there's a Photomatrix and you know some other tools that are probably better at it. And you know, you you get people like Trey, who's you know much you know the master at it, not yep. like me. But you know, I have done some. My own personal bias is I think m- most of the HDR that I see out there, in a lot of ways, feels just overdone to me. Yeah. You know, once you sort of lose that sort of natural feel to a photograph, um, there are some people that are very good at it that do a great job. Uh, you know, I think it's one of these things like spice though, you know, you know, use it sparingly. And, uh, my favorite HDR photographs are photographs where you don't know their HDR. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, kind of simulating what you would have seen with your eye, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're not too, you know, wild and wacky and have all these halos on everything and you know, all that. But, um, you know, I, I have done some myself. Um, you know, you can on the I'll set up the Canon to shoot three exposures. Uh, you know, and bracket them and and shoot and and then merge them together after the fact in in Photoshop and you know and play around with it. Um, I don't do very much of that. Um, I think there are some times where it works, where you're just in a situation where the lighting is just problematic and you've got. Uh, you know, it just, you know, you look at some situations and you think, well, maybe I can use it. Um, when I do use it, I don't think most people know that I use it. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, I, I'm certainly, I, I, I am pro, you know, do whatever you can to your picture to make it look better. Yeah. So and you're it, not afraid to mess with pixels? No, man. No way, man. I'm a total image whore. <laughs> make it look, make it look however you can make it look as best as you can and, and use any trick in the book. I love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, no, I, you know, I'm not opposed to it. I, you know, my own taste is aesthetically speaking, a lot of it I don't like. Um, but you know, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Andrew Tho, who's on Flickr, um, he actually he uses it a bit, and and when I've seen him use it in the past, you know, I can't tell he's using it, and and I think it's, uh, you know, I think it can be a great tool to have in your tool belt. Um, I, you know, I I don't as as many images as I take. Also, though, I don't have time. You know, my problem with Photoshop is, you know, I'll be in Lightroom and, and I'll be spending a minute on an image and then I'll decide, oh, let's take this into Photoshop. And next thing you know, I look at my watch and it's like 55 minutes later, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? At, <laughs> at your volume, yeah, go, going on a tangent can be pricey. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what have I been doing for the last 55 minutes? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, you know the image looks great and I'm, I'm happy with it. But so, I mean, I don't do a lot of it. I, I do a little of it from time to time. That's great. That's great. Well, Thomas, thank you for uh, for for taking this hour to chat with me. This has been enlightening. I mean, we we, we talked about censorship and gear and all kinds of stuff. This is it's been an amazing interview. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. So, where can where can people learn more about Thomas Hawk and and see some of your work and all that stuff? Yeah, people can find me um, at thomashawk.com is my blog. So I blog there regularly and post photos up there as well. Um, you know, I'm on Flickr, Thomas Hawk. I'm on uh, Twitter, Thomas Hawk. You know, all one word. Um, I'm on. You know, I'm 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 on most of the social sites on the web. Um, but you know, yeah, pretty much anything. If you type any any of these sites into uh, into Google, and you know, you'll you'll come up with me. Or just Google Thomas Hawk, and you'll yeah, Google Thomas Hawk. <laughs> I think I, th- I think I'm still on the first page results just for Thomas. So wow, you own <laughs> Thomas. That's great. Yeah, I had it for a while. It's, it's, it was nice to be ahead of. I was like ahead of Thomas Jefferson for a while, but yeah, I, don't I was going to say, poor Thomas Jefferson. Thomas yeah, Hawk just, you know. I know. I think I think Google's kind of ranked me down a little bit, but yeah, Google gives bloggers a lot of uh, juice for yeah. whatever reason. I don't know why, but yeah, but yeah, certainly type just type Thomas Hawk into Google, and I'm all over the place. And but uh, but mainly I'm active on Twitter, um, you know, Thomas Hawk, and then Flickr, obviously, and uh, and on my own blog. Very Those are probably cool. the three places I'm most active. 
Well, hey, will you will you uh, come on this week in photo as a guest host sometime and, and join in the fray? Would love it. Would love to. It's a great, you know, best best photography podcast on the web. I, I've loved what you guys have done for years. So, well, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. We'll definitely uh, give you a call. We'd love to have you in there. You know, uh, giving us the perspective from you know the the person that's shooting more than any other person on the face of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> for, for now, I think. Yeah, for now. Well, cool. Thank you, Thomas. Okay, Frederick. Hey, hey, thanks for having me on. It's been great. You're welcome. Anytime, man. All right. Catch you later. Yep. This Week in Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. The show's content contributor is Eric Horton.